take a moment finding peace, finding center, finding yourself in this moment. And with a breath in and with a breath out, allowing yourself to acknowledge what needs to be adjusted. Maybe it's a physical body. Maybe it's a slight shift. Clearing the throat. Softening the noise. Whatever that means to you. The word adjustment. Breathing in and breathing out. Allowing the external and the internal to merge. Simply breathing in and witnessing the breath out. Acknowledging at any given moment the benefit to adjust, to shift. Breathing in and breathing out. And as you reflect on the word adjust, is there judgment? Is there a following thought? Or are you simply the witness? Continuing the process of your breath, guiding the heart, guiding this body, your body, and gently connecting it with your thoughts. Now taking this moment to find your grounding, find your center, allowing your eyes to open when it calls to you, and knowing at any given moment throughout your day, this day, there's room for adjustments. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today, I'm deeply honored and privileged to have my guest, Marie, and listen to her wonder-filled story. Marie, it's great to see you. It's great to hear you. How are you coming in? I am coming in feeling calm. Calm is a beautiful thing. Now, mm-hmm. when you say calm, is this a feeling in the body, thoughts, it's, emotions? It is primarily a feeling in the body. Mm-hmm. New to you? It is a little new to me, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm adjusting to it. You are adjusting to it in in a way that feels comfortable to you? Yeah, I think so. I think it's new. It's a little unusual, but I'm curious about it. I appreciate that that vantage point of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I have been working some time together and supporting you in preparation and now on the other side of the bookend. 
supporting you in the integration of this process. Can we go back in time to what drew you to this work of the medicine and the ceremonial therapeutic approach to this work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I would be at this work if it weren't for my partner who also has worked with you and shared has shared his journey with me. But once I was exposed to the possibility of this medicine, I think what drew me is that I've been, I, I, I've been living with low-grade depression for several years, trying to treat that. I've been in talk therapy for a number of years. And I just felt like I kept coming up against something, bumping up against something that I just couldn't breakthrough I couldn't see on the other side of and I think hearing about my partner's experience uh, invited me into this work gave me some hope that there might be something else that I can try to help ultimately for me it's about loving myself that's so beautiful so no matter what we go at with this work, you're finding a resolving desire to love yourself again. Yeah. And notice I said again. Again. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> Is it feeling as if you're coming into a renewal of sorts with yourself? I think so. I had an experience. I don't recall if this was before we started talking or during, but I had a, m a moment where I revisited kind of my 10-year-old self and I remembered that as a moment in my life when I really did have, I delighted in myself, I think. And so in that sense, I do think that this is, it's something that I recognize, but that feels distant from a di the distant past. Sure. And as you're reconciling this distant past with your younger self, how much do you need the why? How much do you need the why to make sense of it? And how much can you trust just the embodied feeling of it? Mm. Well, the phrase no wise was a part of, is now a part of my journey. And so... I think I'm, I intellect, I tend to intellectualize. And so I really want to understand everything. Um, and yet at the same time, the physical, my, my experience was very physical. It was very embodied. It had a lot to do with my body. I'm even holding my stomach right now, which I've been doing a lot since my journey started, I guess I'll say, trying to take my cues from my body maybe more so than from my intellect. That's really beautiful. Can you tell me how that's sitting with you intuitively as you're taking cues from your body? What's the emotion coming up right now? It's, it is, it's a really new territory for me. I've been tuned into my body in a certain way for many years. Still very athletic, active, all that trying to eat healthy but this is just a new way i think of listening 
to my body, caring for my body. It, it feels like it comes from a really rooted place, like rooted in care versus like a striving or a compulsion or a forcefulness. Yeah, and when I hear you, I so appreciate it because you explore yourself as so capable cognitively and in the mind that it almost becomes alarming, even for myself, having the experiences of being in the body, that words become frivolous, the the no whys, as you eloquently say, become necessary because the body just knows. There doesn't need mm-hmm. to be a conversation around it or a distillation of why, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, this is right. I really, I feel a really big invitation in that. Even in my experience, I was kind of fighting with myself, wanting to understand what was happening to me and what was going on. And I, but I couldn't speak and I I couldn't actually speak. And this phrase, Reverbal kept coming back to me. And I think that's sort of what you just said about the intuition, the the way the body knows without e- either needing to have words or put words to it necessarily. Yeah. Can we unpack that a little bit more? That idea of what you were introduced to, this pre-verbal idea Mm -hmm. this intuitive body can we in that through what that experience is like today now and throughout the experience that you had yeah i'd love to speak to me a little bit about right now in this moment this idea that we're kind of comically trying to put words to something that is pre-verbal so (laughs) i i see the irony and i appreciate the laughter because i'm laughing at it too Uh, How does one then work with something so pre-verbal? How are you learning to potentially integrate this that feels right to you? Mm. Well, I think, I mean, I think this is part of why I'm even right now, like I said, like holding my stomach like I was during my journey. Part of it is, is like the reminder that I'm in a physical body. And that, and then bringing it to the breath too, and just being with the body and with the breath and noticing the way that that changes how I'm experiencing myself in the moment. Yeah. And going back to that calmness, if there's a grace that follows it, there's not this urgency to make sense of it is what I'm hearing you say as well. Not to put words in your mouth, but. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, I even said to my partner this morning when I woke up, I used to really rush the transition from being asleep to being awake. Um, And lately I've been waking up and it's just been a very gentle transition and I haven't felt an urgency to like get up or start doing something. And there's openness with I used to be afraid that my mind would start kind of like running. And now, at least in the past few days, the the thoughts come and they're okay, but it's but it's gentle. There's not this urgency to 
Yeah. I mean, I love that word urgency because there really is like a, again, like the word striving comes to mind, like a striving to put pieces together and solve puzzle. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you, it dawns on me that it's what I often use as a term is this necessity to grow slow, grow slow and allow it still to unfold. But if we go too fast, we're not going to see the beauty in the unfolding. Mm -hmm. How is that represented today as you're unfolding? Is the cadence, is the pace comfortable to you, knowing that you've come with such a striving and such a going and such a turning on and turning off? Yeah, it's kind of a, it, it's really, it feels like a release to me to not feel so compelled to have to like figure things out. My experience this week has been so different from my experience in the past where I came out of my journey and normally I would start, my brain would start going like what, what just happened? What did this mean? What did, you know, what did Ryan say? And what did he mean when he said that? And all these things. And instead I came out and I really was sort of like, I do not understand what just happened, but that's okay. And I'm not gonna get, get swallowed up by trying to figure it out. And I still feel that way. I'm still, I recognize that there's so much to unpack, but I don't feel a rush to unpack it. In that rush to unpacking, I think, in the public service announcement, that's where we get tripped up is this idea of now we have to do something with it, put it in its place, make sense of it, find order to it. And what I really feel is a breath of fresh air from you is the idea like, okay, it's on the table. I see it. I feel it. Mm -hmm. And let me swim in this. Let me mm. get used to it or recognize the nuances of it. Is mm -hmm. that accurate? Yeah. Tell me what this means to you, knowing that this is your first experience, that you're in a beautiful space of healing. What are you feeling it's meant to you? What are you honoring in the sense of homage? I've been really, the word that comes to mind is hope. This experience has given me such a sense of hope that I haven't had in a long time, just in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm a seeker. I've been kind of on this quest for a long time. And I think I feel a lot of, a lot of hope in, you know, I, I put on my altar again, I mean, this is verbal. And so there's the irony in it, but I put on the altar on my altar before my experience, you are good. And I think this is, this is the thing I've been trying to convince myself of. It was true when I was born and it was true when I was younger, like you referenced, like the return to self-love. But this is something that's been so hard for me to truly internalize and and to truly return to. So I think I just have this grand sense of hope that it's just that it's possible for me to 
not only return to it, but in the language that you use to actually integrate it. And then not just intellectually, but physically. In your body. In my body. And what is the emotion that I see percolating and bubbling through you as you resonate with hope? Yeah, I think it just brings up a it brings up a joy for me. A happiness, I guess. It's wonderful to witness on you. Thank you. It's beyond us, isn't it? It it, it kind of comes at you and you're like, and the way you said it is priceless, that as you were born, you had hope and you were pure. Mm-hmm. And it's a revisiting of your pure essence, your spiritual mm-hmm. being. Right. Right. And, and that word essence really lands for me because, again, like returning to the stomach and the holding of my stomach, it was just yesterday afternoon that I was talking about this and it's like I was talking about it as like I'm like soothing myself when I'm touching my stomach, but also like I'm protecting this like essence in me. Like nobody's going to fuck with this. <laughs> I so love it. No one should fuck with it. And mm-hmm. but it's such a beautiful synergy is that you're listening to it, you're soothing it, you're, but you're also protecting it. So mm-hmm. it's a vessel of multiple reasons it's a invitation of sorts right right i love that you don't want it to be fucked with that's so important (laughs) yeah yeah when i bring up the organs many people are like what the fuck are you talking about what's landing for you now that we're exploring that this is in a way, a vehicle for you now to healing. I think there's a, a a mix. When you shared with me that the stomach was my organ, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But then another part of me that's kind of like, what? I don't, I don't really, I don't understand why that is. Of course, back to the why. Doesn't <laughs> know why, but I. I think as I start to unpack what the the stomach has symbolized or represented for me, both metaphorically and physically, there's just a lot wrapped up in that organ for me. And even since my experience and I've become becoming more attuned to my embodied self, I've had all kinds of like yesterday my stomach was in pain all day long in a way that it hasn't been and I was but you know it was a very like what what is going on why is my stomach hurt this is so weird this is so random but I do think that you know there there was a connection there for me yesterday that I was taking in really big things. I'm about to lose my longest, dearest friend. Uh, I, in 
in connecting with you yesterday, we were talking about a different <laughs> dear friend that I lost several years ago. And I just just noticing the stomach pain and and trying to figure out, okay, what did I eat? What did I do? And realizing it was related to these like big things that I'm trying to or that I'm I don't know what I'm trying to do with them, but these big things that are are facing me that were kind of stirred up yesterday. Thank you so much for that transparency and courage. Yeah, and what I want to just honor in you in this and witness in what you're saying is it's not just surface level, right? It's in a way it's the digestion of the magnitude of what you're coming into, what you're living and it is providing a highlight to what means a lot to you, right? Be it these two beautiful spirits and these people, mm -hmm. it would be beyond us if we didn't feel it, right? Right, right. And thank you. Yeah, and I think too, just on that note, you know, I said it was a stomach pain I haven't felt in a long time. I think part of it too is that you said you just said it'd be beyond us if we didn't feel it and I'm just aware that I haven't wanted I've wanted to but not wanted to feel those things and there's just been an openness a, a greater openness to it this week which is why it, which why it makes sense to me that it hurt I was more aware of the pain maybe than yeah in the past Right. And as you're uncovering that, how does it interact with you knowing that you have a source of the pain rather than as you were saying about what you ate or what happened or is this, does it reassure you to be able to tie something of such magnificent importance to you with that felt sense in your body? I think it does because even yesterday, this friend who I lost several years ago, who I just experienced him yesterday in such a real and visceral way that I haven't in a long time. And just in talking more about him, my stomach started to hurt less. And I think, so, so yes, to have a source and to be able to, you know, think, realize my, for example, in the future, my stomach hurts and to wonder, like, what is it that I'm trying to avoid feeling or thinking about right now? And then to open myself to that vulnerability. Yeah. And acknowledging the strength you have in accepting and understanding that expression. It's a lot, isn't it? Okay. Do you mm -hmm. find yourself, as you're integrating this into your life and knowing that there's so much on the table, are you confident and comfortable in what comes up and when it comes up? And how are you, in a way, I use the term tight trade a lot. How are you keeping your rhythm of integration? That's going to be 
you know, its own unfolding Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the next few days and weeks. My week really today is just starting to feel a little bit normal again. (laughs) It's hard to know, but I think I am a journaler. That's words. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play into this experience, but I do. I did write down kind of the big moment and yeah, in terms of titrating it, which is a new word to me. Thank you, Ryan. I think to just, you talk about going slow and I like the silence. I like to be alone. I like to go slow, but it doesn't mean that I do always go slow. And I think to to even just have that, you also talk about being gentle. So even to have the slow and the gentle as like a, a sort of mantra for this next period of time. And in that way to be accountable to myself that I'm going to create space to notice these things and if they become too overwhelming to slow down and to be gentle and then also to know that I have a support system in place. That's so beautiful and you walk right into that so eloquently this idea of slowness and pace and rhythm being the way you're gentle. Are there alternative things that you've been really grateful for in your expression of being gentle with yourself that feel like you're going to indulge in a little more? Yeah, I think that I've always felt very, I mean, one of the the first things I did when I got home after my experience was take a bath. And I think that that's been part of my rhythm for being gentle with myself, but it's just emerging you know, as an even more important thing being being that it is like a very sensory experience. And I think the same is true for yoga, just the just the movement, the body movement, uh, opening up energy channels, opening up the body. I think those are those have been even in the month of January into now February, they they have been, and I think they'll continue to be important sources of being gentle with myself in this new space. Marie, I'm super grateful. I'm in a pause of gratitude and awe for all that you're doing and just the ability to look at yourself and be the seeker, as you say. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Ryan.